So this evening, we're wrapping up this sermon series, The Long Walk of Faith. We've worked through the letters, the brief letters of 2nd and 3rd John, and we're going to be reading the last few verses of 3rd John tonight. 3rd John from verse 11 to verse 14. Let's read that now. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Before we get into uh, what I want to preach on tonight, I want to review last week's sermon, last Sunday night, just a little bit. And the reason I'm doing that is from verse, oh, about 6 or 7 to the end of 3 John, John is dealing with a particular topic. And last week we looked at that particular application and that topic. This week I want to look at the principle that he gives us that lies behind that particular application so we're going to talk a little bit about last week and then focus in on this week. So last week, can you give me the first point from last week? So last week, and really 3 John is pretty focused on receiving and sending out gospel workers. The Apostle John writes this letter to encourage people to receive people who have gone out for the sake of the gospel, people who are working for Jesus Christ to spread the good news, build up the church, and John wants his reader, his original reader, and all of us to receive these people and also to equip them, to prepare them, to support them, to send them out. But then along with that, John addresses opposing evil workers. There are those who are, for one reason or another, undercutting gospel work. Perhaps it's by their teachings, perhaps it's by their actions, but they're doing evil. They're undercutting the work of the gospel. And John tells us to oppose them and then, as we read last week, all of this is for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. We don't support the gospel because we think it's a nice thing or it's convenient for us, but we work for the gospel, we support those who work for the gospel because we believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who saves us. So that was last week. We talked about how we, how we do good, how we build up the good, and how we oppose evil, specifically in terms of workers for the gospel Tonight we're going to focus on that basic principle of imitating good and not imitating or fighting against evil. So our first point for tonight is this, imitate the good. Imitate what is good. In verse 11, John tells us, don't imitate evil, but imitate what is good. And for John, you know, in these letters that we've looked at, they're very brief. He doesn't say a whole lot of deep theological things, but if we read these letters with the background of the Gospel of John and, and with the whole Bible, there is tremendous depth there. And when John talks about really anything good, goodness, truth, love, faith, John always has Jesus in mind. And so when he tells us to imitate the good, what he's saying is imitate Jesus. John here wants us to be looking toward Jesus and to be thinking, what would it look like for me in my life to live like Jesus? 
In the second phrase of verse 11, John says, anyone who does what is good is from God. And again, John wants us to have that picture that that we who do good are representatives of Jesus. We who do good in the world are somehow connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. The people who do good are the ones who live like Christ. So there's the basic principle. Imitate the good by living like Christ. And we could apply that in all kinds of ways. I want to pick one particular application to focus on tonight. It's not the only one we could pick, but this one will work. And I want to introduce that application by talking about pumpkins. Pumpkins. Seems like a good time of year for that between Halloween and Thanksgiving, all right? So you can just buy pumpkins, but you can also grow pumpkins. And how many of you have ever grown pumpkins? Few people. All right. Pumpkins grow on vines, okay? So you can go out and you can take some pumpkin seeds and you can throw them on the ground and you can just leave them and vines will come up and and you'll get a few pumpkins. But if you want really good pumpkins, if you want a really good harvest, then you need to pay attention along the way. You need to be out there just like with any plant, and you need to be pulling weeds and making sure there's no bugs eating the plants and all of that. And, and if you work hard at it, you can end up with a whole bunch of little pumpkins that kind of take over whatever, whatever area you put them in as the vines spread and spread. But if you want a really good pumpkin, if you want a really big champion pumpkin, you have to go a step past that. You can't just do the weeding thing and the making sure things are okay. You have to watch the pumpkins a bit and then pick one. And when it looks like it's a winner, then you pick that one and you start to pull the other pumpkins off that vine. If blooms come up, you trim them off. And if if other vines kind of come off and there's other shoots, then you have to chop that off. And you have to be almost ruthless if you really want to get a winner of a pumpkin. Now, if we want to really imitate Christ, if we want to be really good spiritual gardeners with what he's given us, one thing that we need to do is be almost ruthless, almost ruthless with how we spend our time and our energy. You know, some people live the Christian life kind of like a lazy gardener. They just go out, they throw a few things out there and kind of see what happens. And there's some fruit and some weeds, and that's just kind of what it is. But others of us, well, we, we try to be intentional. We try to weed out the bad things in our lives. We try to do the good, but we don't really ask the question, what is the best? We just kind of throw things out there, and whatever grows, grows, and we do the next thing, and we do the next thing, and we do the next thing. And we end up, and I mentioned this tonight in part because I think this is a challenge we sometimes have is, as believers and as a church, that we end up running around doing good over here and good over there 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 and good everywhere. But maybe we don't really develop a whole lot of momentum. We're doing a lot of good. We're, we're being like Jesus here and there and everywhere, but, but our efforts, because they go so many places, don't really help us make great progress. So I think one thing, and this this fits in with one of the three strategic pillars that we've talked about as a church this fall. They're up there on the banners, aspirational, devotional, relational banners on both sides of the sanctuary there. Aspirational. How can we aspire to do more? How can we aspire to do better? 
And I think one reality of the Christian life is that there are times that we need to look at our schedule. We need to look at where we're spending our time and energy. We need to look at our commitments, and we need to cut stuff out. We may be doing things that are okay. Watching TV, reading books, and any number of hobbies, anything you want to pick. We may be doing things that are okay. We may even be doing things that are good, but are we doing the best? Are we doing our very, very best? Are we focusing our spiritual energy so that we truly imitate Christ? And again, this is, this is not necessarily a right or wrong thing sometimes. There may be things that are okay. There may be things that are good even. But it's, it's wise for us. And wise is the key word here. We're not talking about right or wrong maybe. We're talking about good, better, and best. But it's wise for us to step back and reflect sometimes. Are we doing what is best for who we are in this season of life? right now are we imitating the good to the best of our ability are we living the most effective most fruitful christian lives that we can so that's one particular application you can make a thousand others but that's one particular application of how we might imitate the good how we might imitate christ but then along with that we need to reflect on the other side of the commandment that john gives and he also tells us don't imitate evil And that's our second point for tonight. Don't imitate evil. And John goes so far as to say anybody who does evil hasn't seen God. If you've done evil, if you're an evildoer, you haven't seen God. And there's a way that we can take that too far. We can kind of interpret that maximally and say anybody who ever sins isn't really a Christian. And people have done that over the centuries, and then you end up with this version of Christianity that's, that's always nervous and always on the edge and always wondering, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Have I done evil? And that's not really what this text to what John is going after. There are other parts in the books that John writes in the New Testament that makes it clear that in this life we continue to be sinful. The question is, do we keep asking the Lord for forgiveness, and are we covered by the blood of Christ. So there's kind of that maximal way we can take that, but there's also kind of a minimalist way that we can take it, and I think this is more our temptation today. And the minimalist way is to kind of write that off and to kind of say, yeah, yeah my life's not perfect, but, you know, God is gracious and it, it all works out in the end. And to say, well, uh, maybe there's, yeah, maybe my life has some parts that aren't great, but Jesus is gracious. I don't, I don't need to worry about it. But there's a problem there. And the problem is, you know, John says that those who do evil haven't really seen God. But the more that we do evil, the less we are able to see God. A lot of us would like to have some compartment in our life that God can have the rest, but not this part. And that just doesn't work. Sin is always corrosive, and sin is always corrupting, and, and even if we give sin a little bit of a foothold in our life, it begins to blind us to what imitating God can really look like. 
I was at a uh, wedding reception last summer, and we bumped into Mac Wiener. Mac is one of the Bible teachers across the street at Timothy. And if you know Mac, you're probably guessing already this, tree, this story is headed in a direction of trees. Mac is a Bible teacher, but he loves, loves trees. So we bump into him at this country club, and we say hello. And, and then Mac looks up at the tree we're standing by, and he says, You know, I'm amazed to see this tree with all these other plants here. And I very wisely nod and say, Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then after a few seconds, I decide to go for honesty instead of dignity, and I say, why? And Max says, oh, it's a black walnut tree. And again, yes, yes. What difference does that make? And then Mac launches into this wonderfully interesting lecture, actually. And it turns out that black walnut trees release a natural poison that kills a lot of other plants. The leaves of the tree, the roots of the tree, and the husks around the walnuts, they're all poisonous. And so if you have a black walnut tree somewhere, by and large, you don't have other plants there. I mean, some kind of survive, they can grow a little bit, but they don't really thrive because that walnut tree takes the area over. Sin and evil are black walnut trees. We might think that we can keep them around and it'll be okay, but, but they keep on growing and they kill the good in our lives. We might like to think again, maybe say we could have a big vineyard and, and most of it would be devoted to the good, but, but maybe there's this little corner over here that we can kind of do our own thing in. But that doesn't work. If you plant a black walnut tree over there in the corner, it's going to kill everything. And, and sin isn't going to stop over in that corner. It's going to keep spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading. And the more sin spreads in our lives, the less we are able to recognize it as sin. The more we sin, the more we embrace evil, the more we keep some part of our life sealed off from God, the less able we are in all of our lives to imitate our good God. So we need to be always weeding out our spiritual gardens. There are times maybe that we don't at first recognize something as evil, but as it grows, the moment we recognize that this is not a helpful practice for me, the moment we recognize this is leading me to sin, it needs to go. It just has to be gone or it will spread. We need to be ruthless in how we deal with evil in our lives. There is no compromise. Sin always corrupts and always corrodes. And that's why John says, don't imitate evil. The more you pay attention to evil, the more you give it even a foothold, the more it will seek a stranglehold on your life. So John tells us to look toward the good, to be, to be continually pruning out the bad and I would even say just the okay, <clears throat> excuse me, just pruning out the okay for what's best. Now, as we conclude tonight, I'm going to wrap up this series. I'm going to wrap up this sermon by coming back, coming back to a key theme of the whole series, and that's the long walk of faith and walking in the truth. The walk of faith is long and it's hard. Life is hard if we believe in Jesus Christ. 
the growing season of faith, the growing season that we experience in this life is very, very long. It would be wonderful if we could get to a certain point, if we could grow enough that we could say, I am, I'm good. My life has borne a certain harvest. I'm at spiritual level, whatever. I can just coast the rest of the way. But we never get there in this life. The walk of faith, the walk of holding on to the truth and the goodness and the love of Christ goes on and on and on. We never arrive. And in one way that might sound discouraging, and, and maybe it should. If we feel like, oh, if only I get to this next level of maturity, if only I get to this next thing, then, then everything will be okay. And that's just not how the spiritual life works. If we are not going forward, we are going backwards. If we are not actively pruning out distractions in our lives, then we will be turning more and more away from the Lord. And so we always need to be focused on walking in the truth and imitating what's good and taking the next step. So that's the discouraging end of things. But the encouraging end of things is that we're not doing this on our own. I'm going to mix my metaphors just a little bit here, but in John 15, Jesus tells us that He is the vine and we are the branches. So it's not like as we seek to be like Jesus, as we seek to do what's good, that all the energy and all the power and all the endurance comes from us. It does not. The Lord gives us the power to do what He calls us to do. When the Lord tells us to imitate Him, He doesn't say, and good luck with that. When the Lord tells us to imitate Him, He says, remain in me. And I will remain in you. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you keep connected to me, then you will be able to grow and to thrive and to truly be like Jesus Christ. The walk of faith is long, but we walk it with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is because the Lord is the greatest good in our lives that we can turn away from okay things for better things. It's because the Lord is the greatest good in our lives that we can turn away from evil and all it promises and instead focus on serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the branches. He is the vine. He is our source of life and strength. So if you are weary, turn to Jesus. If you feel like you just can't carry on, and all of us have those times, if you feel like you can't carry on, can't keep walking, can't go the next mile, turn to Jesus. If you feel like there are parts of your life that you really know you need to prune, but you can't do it, turn to Jesus, and in Him you will find the strength to keep on walking in the truth. Because of Jesus' presence in our life, we can walk the long walk of faith. Let's pray. Father, we confess that so often in our lives we, we imitate evil. We try to, keep, try to keep certain parts of our lives hidden from you. 
We try to do things our own way. Father, we ask again that you forgive us and that you cleanse and heal us. And Father, we, we have to say that even when we try to do good, we often don't know quite how to do it. We look at the needs of the world around us, we look at our own limitations, and we try to look to you, but we just don't even know the next step to take. And so, Father, we pray that you give us your wisdom and your strength so that we can see the right thing to do and so that we can do it. Father, we stand in desperate need of you for all things. And we rejoice because in Christ you tell us you have given us all things. And so we pray that you continue to work that out in us. Through your spirit, nourish and feed us, help us to grow, and help us to bring your love to this world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.